there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Previously on the Pure Hoops podcast. Time flies and we didn't really get a chance to get into taco. But next <laughs> week, I promise. So I want my taco time ta- next week. Taco time was great. More exciting than taco is Carson Edwards. And he has the chance to be a, mo- a modern day uh, microwave oven off the bench. So we can we can get into that as well uh, next week. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Pure Hoops Podcast, we are back. We are in the final week of preseason. Eric Newman in L.A. Not in the same room as B.J. Armstrong, though, because he's too busy for me. B.J., my friend, uh, I know it's only preseason, but I've got to start with Carson Edwards making eight threes in the third quarter last night. Did you see any of those highlights? And if so, what do you think of the young fella? Keywords, words. It's preseason. It's preseason. The, the 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 basket is still ten feet high. The and court is still ninety four feet. Gene I Hackman is it. still breaking out the tape measure and Hoosiers. It's you, it's you know, it's a good when, sign. I know it's preseason, and I know obviously we, we had I'm some happy fun for with the this. young man. We had some he fun with a, this uh, last week, yeah. as you heard at the top of the show. But the kid can shoot the heck out of the ball. Yeah, well, you know, uh, being from the Big Ten, I'm I'm, I'm really excited for him. And uh, but again, it's preseason. I've seen a lot of great preseason performances. And uh, let's move on when the season starts. Fair. Do you, do you have any memorable uh, preseason performances of your own? I do not. Nothing. Other than you, you never put my, a, my you rookie never put year. Forty in the preseason. No. Well, if you put a 40 in the preseason of one of two things, you're probably not going to be on the team <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those games okay. where everybody's in street clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably not going to be on the on the team. And, uh, you know, I just remember my rookie season. I You know, I, I, I lost my name. BJ was not – I quickly learned that I was a rookie. I, I was no longer had a first or last name. The referees didn't talk to me. The coaches w- would just call me Rook. Hmm. All the players would call me Rook. So you know what? And uh, I had a. I, I remember this vividly. They said at some point that monkey is going to get on your back. That hmm. the, the, the wall. You're going to hit the wall. And I was like, Yeah, right. Whatever. And it happened. And the monkey was on my back. The wall was up. And I couldn't move, and I couldn't wait till the season to end. And um, when when did preseason when did, is always fun? When, when did when did you feel that in your rookie year? How, how many games in? 
about thirty, about thirty-five games into the year, it just hit me. You know the, you know, just all of the travel, the living out of a suitcase, um, you know, playing the game and not being able to really, you know, you kind of. It's not that you're not emotionally involved in the game. You just you have to be a professional about the game, right? You you play a game, you lose it. You can't you can't sulk because you got another game tomorrow, right? Yep. You have a, a a matchup. So, you know, it just it was just so much information was coming at me, and then it just hit me all at once that you know how you learn how quickly you're unprepared for this moment, and uh, all of the things you can do, and people can tell you about it, but there's nothing that can get you prepared for that other than to go through it. So, but you know what? I, I was able to fight through it and, 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 and get over it, but it just hit me. And uh, But preseason is fun. and uh, it's It's been fun. There's been, there's been some, yeah. you know, obviously aside from, you know, some of the controversial things that have been out there, some of these games have been really fun to watch, seeing whether it's, you know, seeing Zion, you know, go up against the Utah Jazz and go through Rudy Gobert's chest or Carson Edwards knocking down threes or – you know, crowds at home and on the road on their feet for Taco Fall. Um, there's there's been some some really good stuff going on here. Uh, that's you know going to take us into uh, next week. So just real quick on the Celtics and you know last season, obviously you were doing your best to keep me sane when things weren't going well with the team and always citing their talent. And obviously it didn't come together as we hoped. But you know. Th- the young guys who um, were part of the 2018 run to the conference finals, who obviously they didn't mesh very well with Kyrie Irving uh, last season, and then we've moved on from that, right? But you look at the roster of Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Ennis Cantor, uh, Shemi Ojale, who has been a, a very good situational player, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards. There's a lot of... <laughs> there's a lot of ball there. There's a lot of uh, unique skill sets. There's uh, a, a mix of mostly youth with a few veterans. Um, I'm not about to say they're uh, the deepest team in the league, but I'm pretty surprised by how the depth is shaking out. What, what's your view on on the Celtics in terms of their depth, and are they being slept on a little bit here? Well, the Boston Celtics have a, a very good team. And when you look at their talent, starting with, um, you know, Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward and and the players that you mentioned, their talent speaks for itself. You know, they picked up Kimball Walker. Um, they have a very, very good ball club. Now, what you're looking to see with this team is who's going to take the step and become the, the lead dog with this team. Is it so? So is it is it the one A with Kemba or the one A and one B? Is that how you're looking at it? Well, I would venture to say it's going to be one of those one of those young kids. I think it's Tatum. I think it's either Jason Tatum without without hesitation. I think it's Tatum. And you know we see. And we've seen what Jason Tatum can do offensively. But if you're going to be the lead dog, if you're going to be that player or take on that responsibility of that player, 
that player has to have a defensive presence. And you've heard me talk over and over again about this. The Celtics won't have a problem scoring the basketball. The Celtics will have a problem of who's going to take the lead on the defensive end and who's going to set the tone for this group. Well, we are, don't we know the answer to that already? First team all defense. First team all defense. Smart. Marcus Smart. I mean, he, he is the heartbeat of well, this basketball team. You, you know, I, I, I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan, what he does. But you know what? A perimeter you, you are defender, not convincing me right now. That I, you are I, a huge a Marcus perimeter, Smart fan. A perimeter defender with the way the game is officiating, the way the game is played today, I, I can't even touch you. <laughs> okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So w- w- how are you going to guard Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, James Harden? I can't touch him. Okay, so I, I love his effort. I love his energy, what he brings. Um, but, you know, he doesn't have the ability to erase mistakes, right? He's not a shot blocker. Um, he's not going to protect the rim. He's not going to do all the things that uh, Rudy Gobert or some of these Very good points. Players Very good points. Okay. But I love Marcus Smart. So I'm looking for this team to really establish itself with one of, the, one of their – offensive players to really establish who they're going to be all right they lost a very important piece in Al Horford who they did um you know who defensively you know he could do some things he could switch on screen roll he could defend in the post uh he could swing the ball he could really he was just he's really solid as a player and he has a defensive I mean he has a defensive presence as a veteran and was so smart against guys like Joel Embiid against more dominant big men presence or could play guys out on the perimeter because of his foot speed what I'm getting at is he allowed the Celtics to not have to double team some of the best opposing offensive players in the league and now right they're looking at a different situation so you know I, I I'm looking at them and I'm going they have a they have a great roster they have a plethora of players who are all capable of scoring 20 or more points, but who's going to set the tone for them and be that presence? You know, Kimber Walker is going to be Kimber Walker. He's going to be offensively. We know he's going to be able to score and do some things, um, but he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, he's a smaller guard in this league where, um, you know, the, the, that's going to be a problem for him. And now that puts pressure on their, on their bigs, you know, Enos Cantor. I know we, you know, we all love taco and what he could be, but you know what? You know we got to wait and see um, what they're going to do as a team. And I think this team, as they hit their stride, and they're, they're going to hit some adversity, like all teams do. How they're going to respond? You know who's going to who's going to step up and rally the troops when times get tough? And um, and I think Coach Stevens this year, this is going to be a big year for him and his growth as a coach. You know we've 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 all seen what he's able to do uh with the teams he's been given now he you know he had a a very talented team by most last year and they underachieved let's just call it what it is um but this year i think could be a year where you know what he'll have time to you know to figure out who this team is going to be what it could be and most importantly can they get out and get the job done because they have talent but um you know we'll see i'm i'm I'm, I, i like their team 
but I want to see which player is going to step up and, and, and take the torch, if you will, and really lead this team to where we all think they're capable of going because they, we all see the talent, but you know they got to go out there and do it. Fair enough, fair enough. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. I think they're going to be very good. Obviously, Milwaukee and Philadelphia with the moves the Sixers made are, are right at, there at the top. The Celtics uh, a notch or two below. Uh, before we pivot and go out west, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Is there a, a team in the East that you've targeted um, as a team that potentially can come out of nowhere or a, a team that was a lower seed in the playoffs last year that uh, you think can surprise a lot of people that's not being talked about at all? So even more of a surprise than the Bucks going from a seven seed to sixty wins like they did from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen, is there a team that was a fringe playoff team or completely out of it last year that you see take, taking a a big leap forward and starting to become a, at least a, a competitive team that's in the bottom half of the playoffs? Yeah, there is, you know, and when I look at the rosters and I look at the team, you know, in particular Toronto, I didn't have Toronto coming out of the East. I certainly didn't have Milwaukee being the best team in the East. So clearly, um, you know, this is not my field of expertise, but in saying that, you know, the team that has been catching my eye in preseason is, has been the Detroit Pistons. Nice. They, they, they're catching my eye because they have – a nice balance of bigs uh, with Blake and, and, and Drummond. And then well, the and addition they added, of – They added, added Markeith Morris. They're trying to develop Markeith, Thon yes, Maker. They, yes, you know, Thon. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I've been watching Derrick Rose has, has been great. But the kid, the Kennard kid has just caught my eye. You know, he's like – you know, he's like one of those like J.J. Redick type players that could just, you know, just really add a new dimension to the game because I I, I see him having one of those years because he could play with bigs. He can play with small. He, you know, he seems like a fearless kid. You know, he reminds me of a, of a player who's, you know, he's going to be around for a while. He has a he has a poise about him that you just kind of like. So. Um, they have enough pieces where they could they could take a step. And uh, clearly it's going to be with their health, you know, starting with Blake and all of those players. But they have enough experience. They have enough players who've played in big games uh, where you could really see them making a little push here. And I could easily see them being in the, in the, in the, in the top four or top five in the, in the Eastern Conference this year. Well, I mean, people people don't realize Blake Griffin last year played 75 games. He had averaged 24.5 points a game. Uh, he paired really well up front with Drummond. And, you know, obviously, you know, with your uh, history and, and, you know, relationship with Derrick Rose, um, you know, you've got some unique insight here with uh, this roster construction and, and how it could work. And you mentioned Kennard. You know, you've got Derrick, you've got Reggie Jackson, you've got Langston Galloway. You've got Kennard, who can no doubt shoot the heck out of the ball. Then they add Joe Johnson to be just another veteran presence, and who knows, like, Joe Johnson could be closing games for them if they decide to go with a smaller lineup and put Blake at the five just because of the, the free-throw shooting trouble that, that Drummond uh, has had his whole career. Um, it is an interesting roster, and and I do think that is um, th- th- this is a team that could t- take a quick leap forward this season. Let me, let me ask you, 
Is Luke Kennard somebody that you think can take a leap and, you know, play 25, 30 minutes a night and, and really hold his own, uh, whether he's playing, you know, the, the two or the three spot? Obviously, it depends on who he's forced to defend. But do, do you see him as a guy that, um, you know, you mentioned Redick. Can he be a guy that spaces the floor, shoots it real well, but really, you know, has the ability to grow his game? I, I do. I This kid plays with a – he has a, a moxie that he plays with, a, a, like a real quiet confidence um, as I watch him um, over the preseason. He looked like he's the, – the game, the way the game is played, will he, he will benefit for, for the, you know, the pace, the way they play. He can shoot it. Uh, he's crafty. He's left-handed. Um, and I, I just like the way he plays. He has a, he has a level of toughness that – you know what? I, just, I I can see him playing, you know, small ball. I see him playing with the ball, off the ball, and mo- most importantly, you know, I think he he will fit well with bigs, you know, because Blake will demand a double team and he will benefit from that. So, I I just really like how he how he's playing with the veteran players. You know, I, I like it when I see young players who are, who are able to play with veteran players and vice versa. Um, I think it's a good combination, and uh, I'm really looking for him to have a breakout season this year. For sure. So, you know, pivoting to the West. Last week we talked about... The wild, wild West, the Eric. wild, <laughs> wild West. The Western Conference of Doom for any outsider. Meaning, if you're at the bottom of the West or if you're an Eastern Conference team on a West Coast trip, you've got, uh, you've got your hands full. So, it's pretty obvious that if, if if either of us were betting men right now and we had a bet on the eight playoff teams in the West, we're pretty confident in who seven of them would be. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Rockets, Jazz, Nuggets, Blazers. I, I feel pretty good about that, barring any serious injuries or a team imploding, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know... This this battle for the edge of the playoffs and, and what this eight spot is going to look like, you know, the Spurs to me are going to sneak up on people this season because of the return of DeJounte Murray. Um, obviously, Aldridge and DeRozan were great last year. Uh, I'm forgetting... Um, Oh, it's a younger player's name that I'm forgetting it who was hurt last year that they drafted two years ago. I'll think of it in a moment. But you've got the Spurs. You've got the Timberwolves. You've got the Mavericks. You've got the Pelicans. Obviously, so much excitement around Zion with the Pelicans, Porzingis, Luka with Dallas, Carl Anthony Towns, T-Wolves. Who's jumping into your mind that's got the best shot to uh, be a playoff team out of those four, or are they on similar playing field and they're going to fight this thing out until April? So let's go through. So you're saying New Orleans, Sacramento? Is that Sacramento in there? And I, and I completely forgot to mention the Kings. The Kings have to be in the conversation. Yeah. So you have five teams. New Orleans, Sacramento, Dallas. Spurs and T-Wolves. And this, this to me, is the best case the NBA's ever had for changing the format, which I don't support. But this situation now is the best 
the I think it's the best case ever because in the past it was okay. The top five in the West in recent history have been noticeably better than the East, and the East would have two teams either with you know forty wins or thirty eight wins in the playoffs. I think the East is improving from the bottom up, but this top seven plus these five we just mentioned, I mean. It's crazy. So, yeah, those five. Timberwolves, Spurs, Pelicans, Mavericks, Kings. I would say New Orleans. Out of all those teams. Okay. I think it's, they're poised to make the playoffs, and here's why. Their depth. I, I really like the depth of this team. I like uh, Holiday with what he brings. I think he brings stability. They have J.J. Redick, who has battle-tested. And then you surround them with young players who've got a, who they have something to prove. I think Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, they're ready. And when I say they're ready, they've been thrown in the fire now. I think now it's either put up or, 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 or you know, or shut up now for those guys. And I happen to like both of them. I like both of those players. I like both of their talents. But I think now it's time for them to produce and say either they're going to be you know, career role players um, for the rest of their career, or they're going to step up and really step up to the plate and, and 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 take a step to reaching their full potential, which, you know, I think both of them were drafted, you know, second in the draft. So, uh, of course, Zion is going to be an active body that you're going to, you, you know, you're going to have to contend with night in and night out, just his activity level, and he's going to be a rookie. But I think athletically he will pose problems just because of his activity. And I just like this team. I like what they bring but because every night they're going to be athletic. They're going to be exciting to watch. And I just think they're going to be a team that you're not going to want to face, you know, three games and four nights on a back-to-back. Uh, you don't want, you're not going to want to go down to New Orleans and have to face this team um, because – they're going to be athletic. They're going to be, you know, they got some length. They got size. Yeah. And they have some Fav- veteran favors, players that can keep Favors yeah, next yeah. to Zion. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just and, – and they I have also, a nice combination of players. Yeah, and, and here's something else that I, I think people are um, – I just think it's not being talked about enough. If you remember two years ago when Rondo was at the point and Holiday was playing more off the ball – now you've got Lonzo Ball in there playing the point, and Holiday's off the ball again. And I think it's going to really help Holiday's game. It's going to uh, help him not have to shoulder all the load. And then, you know, Brandon Ingram could be 20 points a game with this team. And it's it's a fun balance between veterans and youth. It's a fun balance be- with uh, athleticism and some size and physicality. Um, they've got some depth to this team, and I think the city of New Orleans and this fan base, after what they went through last season with the whole Anthony Davis fiasco, landing the first pick in the draft, getting Zion, and then the players they got back from the Lakers, and, oh, we're forgetting one more guy who I think they're going to love down there, and that's Josh Hart. Um, Right. I I think this team's going to be going to be a lot of fun, but I don't want to discount Dallas because we've seen what Porzingis has done in rehab and 
what he the work he's put into his body. Him and and Luca are going to be outstanding together. We know what kind of coach Rick Carlisle is. We know what kind of owner Mark Cuban is. So I think Dallas is a team on the rise, even though I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. What about the Timberwolves? Who who are the Timberwolves, and how important is this season for for Carl Anthony Towns, who you know recently told the undefeated, um, you know, it's fine, keep sleeping on us. Um, who who are they right now? And and we we know who Cat is individually, but are they building something there, or is this a team that's kind of stuck? Eric, we've been trying to figure that out for the last couple of years with who are the Timberwolves. You know, we've seen, you know, massive offensive numbers from 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 Cat. We've seen him have the ability to score and rebound and do all of those things. But in the end, how does that translate to winning? And, uh, you know, defensively, this team has really struggled to find an identity uh, on that end of the court. And it all starts with your best players. You know, is Cat, is, is, is he a shot blocker? Is he a, a rim protector? Uh, you know, who who is he on the defensive end? You know, um, then you look at Wiggins and, you, and, you know, is he a two? Is he a three? Is he, is he a defensive stopper? Is he, what is he? So I think we are still trying to find out the identity of these players because when you start talking about winning, you have to figure out how you're going to match up with the other team. Um, offensively, like, you know, you can score. If you get enough touches in this league, you can score. You know, there's screen roll, you know, the way that teams play. But defensively, that's been a, a big question mark for them. And I think the sooner the better, the sooner that they can answer that, the better they will be as a, as a team, as an organization. And that, that's all going to start with Cat. You know, what is his commitment to that end of the floor and uh, figuring out, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to play. Looking at the roster, they add Jordan Bell for some upfront athleticism. Uh, they still got um, the other big fella who played at Louisville, uh, uh, Gorky Jang. Right. Um, they added Jake Lehman from the from the Trailblazers who can who can shoot it. And they added Noah Vonley as well, who I thought had a really, really good season last year in a in a, in a poor situation with the Knicks. He's really um, grown his game. So they've added some under-the-radar guys. They also added Shabazz Napier. Jeff Teague is uh, hopefully going to be healthy. Um, listen, Robert Covington... Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Jeff Teague, that's your that's your core. How 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 far can these guys go and how much can they raise their levels is really going to determine whether this team has a chance of uh of sniffing the playoffs in, in the Western Conference. So, um you know, I love Cats uh and Jared Culver as well. Um Who's a talented, talented uh, young guy, young kid? So um, obviously, I, I need to watch the Timberwolves play. Um, I need to see what kind of identity they're building. We know what happened when Jimmy Butler was there. 
Uh, Ryan Saunders has taken over the club, uh, Flip's son. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, identity they build. But I I can't possibly have them ahead of any of these other teams, including Sacramento, who I I really find entertaining with De'Aaron Fox and uh, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, um, the, those three guys leading the way, along with uh, with Bagley up front, uh, who I think is really going to emerge this season as Willie Cauley-Stein is now at the Warriors. So if I'm ranking these five, I've got Spurs and Pelicans pretty much neck and neck with uh, the Kings, the Mavs, and then the T-Wolves. So we'll see if Carl uh, Anthony Towns can... Uh, can back up those words but uh you know transitioning to uh one of the big contenders anthony davis lakers uh he had an mri for the thumb monday thankfully it's a it's a minor sprain tape it up keep going um we've talked about load management with this team we've talked about um you know, how many minutes, starting with LeBron James, that, you know, LeBron, AD are going to have to play. Um, you know, right now, the eve of the season, how, how many games would you like to see Anthony Davis and LeBron James play? N- knowing what they're up against every night in the West. You would like to see them play all 82. Um, I mean, that's, that's if, the, if we, we both know the, those days are long gone. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, and and the reason being, the reason being, you know, yes, they are very talented players of what they've done and who they are and what we think they're going to be this year. But we we have to put this in perspective. They still haven't played a game, a regular season game together, and they're still trying to figure out not only who they are going to be, but how we're going to play around these two guys, right? Um, both of these players, they play with the ball. Neither one of them plays without the ball. You know, they're not like catch-and-shoot guys or, you know, um, efficient scores in the sense that they play one, you know, less than three dribbles. They all, you know, they play with a lot of touches. You know, Anthony Davis is going to demand a lot of touches this year. LeBron James has to play with the ball uh, as a primary score. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the player that I think can really give them a, a good look is Avery Bradley. I, 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 every time I watch them play, I think Avery Bradley is going to be the player that's going to, that could change the, the core of this team because what he can do on the defensive end. If they're able to get if the if the Lakers are able to get stops consecutively, like you know, to play two or three stops, then they can get transition and get out and and really be the athletic team that they have the potential to become. I mean, you're talking about with Javale McGee and Dwight Howard. They're they're both athletic enough to get up and down. You have Anthony Davis. You have LeBron James, Avery Bradley, so forth and so on. I mean, they have a lot of weapons, a lot of athleticism that can be used and utilize, which would make them a very formidable opponent. So, But we'll see um, how it is. I, I think right now they're going to struggle to figure out who they are because both of those players, I mean, you you got to play through one or, or, or you got to play through one of them. 
Uh, I mean, everything LeBron is saying. Davis. Everything LeBron is saying is the offense should run through Anthony Davis, and he's well, yeah, gonna, you're going to be the ultimate three games in a row. He, he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to be the ultimate, you know, point forward. And I, I do think he has a legit chance to average ten assists a game this season. And yeah, I mean, I, I, Avery look, Bradley all sound all those things sound great, right? All that sounds great. He averages ten assists a game, you know, but you, you, look. Averaging 10 assists a game is not going to win games for you. What's going to win games is can you get stops? Can you get loose balls? Sure. Second effort. Well, all well, of the, those things. And the other part and, of and that is. And that's what I want to see from him. It's not, listen, LeBron James, if he so desires, he can get 10 assists in a game. He gets enough touches during the course of the game to do that. The things I have to see, which is going to entail winning, is all of the little things, the details, the second effort, getting back in transition, helping recover, taking your matchup every single night, playing as many games as you possibly can because of low. That's what's going to win. Okay, getting 10 assists, you know, it, 10 assists today isn't 10 assists what it used to be because of they're getting more opportunities the way they play, they're you know the, the Short, getting more, more possessions, possessions faster pace. What faster I was pace say. and all those things. So, and, and and here's the thing: it's not like we're we it's not like we're going to force feed him in the post, and he's going to be getting double teams and just picking players apart. I mean, he's basically he's you're talking about he's a you know a point you know the point guard. So well, if you're I'd a point love, guard, I'd love to see that. You're getting a hundred possessions a game. I don't know how impressive that really is, <laughs> right? Okay, I mean, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have yeah. to get my assist expectations up, but I would love to see a large dose of LeBron James in the post. I I think they could. Well, I mean, look, uh, I mean that's great. I mean that's a yep. form of penetration which would yep. potentially for the team perspective, I think that would be a great way to play with him in the post. Yeah, uh, especially with Avery not, Bradley out there, Danny Green out there, Kyle Kuzma out there. And AD, that's that that that's a that's a nice versatile lineup that could defend, that could get out and run, that could spread the floor. Uh, they they've got some, they've got a lot of um, diverse options. That's that's for sure. But, yeah, I mean for sure. I mean we'll we'll see how it, how it's going to plan out. But you know what? I mean, look, in the end, these are great problems to have, but sometimes the talent doesn't mesh, and we're going to have to find out only in the game how this is really going to play itself out because you know these other teams especially in the west they're going to be just as good i mean when they play denver when they play utah when they play the clippers uh, you know the pelicans i mean the portland i mean the list just goes on and on and on so this is no cakewalk for any of these teams in particularly the lakers i mean this is their first year and they got a first year but even though he's been in the league i mean you know, what's going to happen when they lose two or three in a row? I mean, is Vogel, you know, people are going to – this is the yeah, Lakers. You got the Vogel-Jason <laughs> I mean, Kidd thing lingering. Yeah, in, I mean, you in, have a lot of things going on here. So I, I just want to give it time to play itself out. Sure. Uh, but most importantly, to figure out who they're going to be because, uh, you know, look. Again, I go back to last year. No one – none of us picked Toronto to win it. None of nope. us. Nope. And look what happened at the end. For sure. And the other part of this is the Lakers are going to have a, a bullseye on them every night. Every single night. They will have, they're one of those teams that has the bullseye on their back. So 
We will see. Uh, last week we talked uh, a lot of rookies. I quickly want to discuss uh, some breakout player candidates. So I'm putting you on the spot right now. Which guy that's been, you know, could be in the league three years, could be in the league six years. But is there a guy that you think is due to really raise his game to the next level this season who's not an obvious choice, who's been an all-star? Is there a guy that you feel like has been kind of brewing under the radar and this is the breakout year ahead? You know, the the, the kid, De'Aaron Fox, last year really – I think, you know, he's he's really shown flashes. But I like how he's playing against the – what I, what I consider the top-tier players in this league. You know, he really is poised this year to really take a big step. Um, I, I've watched him a couple times now in preseason. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. You know, he's, you know, he can do the things off the dribble. He shoots it. And now he's put a little size. You know, he's got to look like he's been working out a little bit. And uh, it looks like he's – ready to take that next step, you know, um, as a as a player, as a, uh, as a leader, and really move that organization. I mean, that's a big that's a uh, that's a big move for a, any young player, any young talented player when you're talking about how you're going to play and carry an organization, but he he definitely has the talent. We'll see if he's able to do it, but I would not be surprised if this is a year that he he's around the 24 to 27 points a game. Wow. And uh, able to do something and and, and, and have an, an amazing year. That's, I mean, that's approaching uh, Nate Tiny Archibald King's numbers at the point guard position who happens to be a southpaw as well. That's yeah, he, he's, this kid, this this new NBA game was made for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's as fast with or without the ball to anyone in the league. He's got great size and uh, he can shoot it, finish at the basket. And, um, you know, we'll see, though. I mean, they, and they, they – I think he will enjoy playing for Luke Walton. He's, you know, he's a very clever yep. offensive coach with his sets. And um, I, I, I think he's a – you know, I, I, I'm really looking for him to have one of those type of years when you consider him to say, you know what, this kid has arrived. Nice. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I'm very excited by uh, both his talent and the combo of him and Buddy Heald in that backcourt. So, Buddy – <laughs> Buddy Heal. Um, all right, so today we're going to close the show with um, a little bit of a hybrid. We're going to go back to the 90s with a trivia question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Back to the 90s we go. So we were talking about Carson Edwards at the top of the show in present day. We're back to the 90s. BJ Armstrong. Your regular season best for threes was five threes in a game, December thirtieth, nineteen ninety four. That's it. Who was it against? I have no idea. That's it. You said that's it. I'm gonna say the say the Boston Celtics. (laughs) Uh, That's it. He says. So is that your final guess? The Boston Celtics. That's it. the, The Celtics. The correct answer is the Miami Heat. Where you went oh, five wow. for five from downtown. Against, five for five with no heat checks. I guess with no heat checks, you were on a what is uh, going? Oh, you were on a tight leash. Oh God, that's oh man, five for five. Yeah, that, that, that warrants at least 
10 opportunities, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, by today's standards. five for 10, right? You got you to gotta pull up from somewhere deep. So that Miami Heat team um, had a real rough season. Uh, that was the, the last year before Pat Riley came to save them. Actually, Alvin Gentry finished out the year as head coach following Kevin Lockery. Um, but that roster... The 95 Miami Heat, who you lit up on December 30th. Uh, you've got Keith Askins, Bimbo Coles, Liddell Ackles, oh, our boy Kevin Gamble, Matt Geiger, Brad Lowhouse. I didn't realize Brad Lowhouse also went to Iowa. I guess I chose to block oh, that yeah. out after all those years with the Celtics. The low dog. Did, the low did, dog. We, the low that's dog. what we call him. The low dog. Was he? So he was a teammate of yours for for how many years at yes. Iowa? For for all I of them. I played with Brad for a couple years. Couple wow. years. Brad Lowhouse, Grant Long, Harold Miner, Baby Jordan, Billy Owens. Oh, here's a good one. Khalid Reeves. Oh wow! Whose career, un- yeah, whose career unfortunately did not work out the way we thought it did would after uh, his uh, incredible backcourt pairing at Zona with Damon Stottlemyre, and then we've got four great names to uh, to close out the roster: Glenn Rice, John Spider, Sally, Steve Smith, and Kevin Willis. Your nineteen ninety four ninety five Miami Heat. Hmm. Those are great days, great, great times. Great days. I'm just, I'm just looking at, uh, I'm remembering, I was always a big fan of watching Steve Smith play. And, um, Smitty, Detroit's Smitty, finest. He's, he's, he is one of Detroit's finest. Is he, is he a, a top five player ever out of Detroit? Well, you, get, you, you have so many, you know. Look, you is know, Magic you, you, you considered start- Detroit? Oh yeah, come on! Yeah, you, you got Magic, you got George Gervin. You, you know, I'm gonna tell you Roy Tarpley. Oh wow! Uh, I'm gonna tell you probably one of the top five talents is uh, Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman was a special, special Derek, Derek Coleman, talent. Derek Derek Coleman is one of the top five talents. Derek Coleman okay. was a Hall of Fame talent, in my opinion. He's a Hall of Fame talent. There, that, that's all we need to say about him. He was DC was that good. I I, I remember I remember coming back home, and uh, when I was in college, uh, I was like junior senior, and, and everyone was talking about this kid that you got to see, and it was Derek Coleman, and he was as athletic as anybody. Big hands, could shoot it, put it on the floor. Phenomenal, phenomenal, terrific rebounder, high IQ player. That lefty shot pocket was literally you perfect. Know. In this era, in that era, when they were talking about when the power forward position was just a monster, right? You know, you had Carl Malone, Barkley, you know, Chris Webber, Rasheed Wallace, Tim Duncan, KG, KG. Derek Coleman was right there. Okay, yeah. DC was right there with them. Um, well, those two years, the talent. Th- those two years, 
91, 92, 92, 93, mm-hmm. when it was Kenny Anderson breaking out, Derek Coleman, and Drazen Petrovic before he tragically passed in the summer of 93. That trio was must-watch every single night. And I have this yeah. incredible memory uh, from my childhood, and um, as I get older, I really, you know, appreciate the little things more and more. And, and growing up in New York, um, you know, back then, you know, I'll, I'll never forget in middle school, like, you know, like my parents finally, like, you know, were able to, we, we were able to get cable. They said, okay, we're going to, we can, we can afford this. And we see the reason why, because of your love of sports and, you know, we get cable. So you, every night you have the Knicks on MSG. So by 93, the Knicks are... You know, you, you you lived it playing against him. The Knicks were the top seed in the East that year um, and, and had home court advantage against you guys in the conference finals. And obviously we know what happened there. But, you know, the Knicks were uh, a great watch, but they didn't play the same kind of exciting up-and-down basketball that the Nets played. And just thinking back, watching the games, you know, two, three nights a week, with my dad and flipping back and forth on that ugly brown cable box where you got to hit the button and then switch the lever to go to the different uh, level and just always remember catching these just thrilling fourth quarters where Petrovic is knocking down threes and Kenny and DC are you know pick and roll or just making ridiculous plays and uh, they were just a lot of fun to watch and and, Mm. and really nostalgic And, and Derek Coleman was some player and then you know to his credit injuries and you know he was out of shape a few years he, he contributed later in his career as a role player i remember he was with uh philadelphia i believe right. he joined the sixers the year after they went to the finals when iverson was the mvp in 2001 but uh dc will forever be the captain of uh the all what should have been team and he should have been he's, he's incredible talent we, we yeah. got to get him on a show as a guest he's He's one oh. of my favorites, and, and uh, let's 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 you know, I, let's I, mark I, that down right Detroit. now. Would love that. Yeah, would love that. I I I'd love to have him on the show, and uh, he's a really good friend. And uh, um, you know, I was always, you know, really excited to call him a friend. And he's a terrific guy, and had a great career nonetheless. And um, yeah, I love to get him on the show, as we will, as we will. So you've got a big weekend ahead. You're headed back to the to your alma mater. So I want you to be able to get a good night's rest and pack your bags and be fresh for that. But you need to get your rest because the season starts next week and we've got to do our, our season tip-off special uh, at the top of the week. So we're going to get you out of here. Make sure you get that extra stretch. Make sure you stay hydrated when you're back at Iowa. I don't want any text messages telling me how tired you are. All right, stay on it. And uh, great stuff today, covered a lot of good things, and uh, we're going to be back at it, top of the week next week, uh, leading into the season. Of course, the Lakers and the Clippers uh, launch the NBA season on uh, Tuesday night, October 22nd. We'll be back with the Pure Hoops podcast, taking an in-depth look at the season ahead. Uh, Special thanks, as always, to my partner, BJ Armstrong, producer Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, editor Benjamin Wolfen, and the entire Pure Hoops crew. Make sure you check out the Mike Wise Show each and every Monday. 
Make sure you check out our feature interviews from Catch and Shoot dropping Wednesdays. Stay tuned for the reboot of that show. And, of course, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt each and every Thursday. You'll be catching the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ and I, uh, ramping up our cadence and scheduling as we get into the season. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Follow us on social at Pure Hoops Media. And, of course, subscribe, share, and enjoy. Stay pure. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.